You know, everybody in the church, as God assembles his people together in the local church, he gives you particular gifts. You all have a gift. If you don't know what it is, whether it be singing or playing a piano or playing a guitar or preaching, whatever it, whatever it might be. You know, God does not, you know, play the game, I know something you don't know. God wants you to know. Just ask him, Lord, what would you have me to do? Because whatever he wants you to do, he's going to enable you to do it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Open your Bibles today, if you would, to Luke chapter 5. Let's start, actually start in Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. And in verse 42, the Bible says, And when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place. And the people sought him and came unto him. I want you to think back to the day that you sought him out. Can you remember the day he passed by you with an outstretched hand? That should be a day that you never forget. The Bible even talks in the book of Deuteronomy about remember the day. It's talking about when they were delivered out of Egypt. Don't forget the day. Well, the day that you got saved, you got delivered out of Egypt as well. Don't ever forget the day. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you. We love you. We pray, Father, that I be faithful in delivering the message that you have for your people. God, we love you, and we just want to serve you, Lord. We want to please you. Lord, the Bible actually says we were created for your glory, and that's what we want to do, fulfill our purpose today to glorify you and to bring you pleasure. And I guess the best way we could do that is to do something with what we hear, to be doers of the word and not hearers only. So I pray, Father, today that you'd have your will and your way, whether you comfort, whether you convict, but in every case that you would conform us into the image of Jesus Christ. For these things we do ask and pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, <clears throat> I want to bring a message to you today entitled, It's About Time. It's About Time. And one of the things you can see here that it takes in order, for, in order to, <laughs> to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you first have to seek a relationship with Jesus Christ. It says they sought him. They sought him. Now, now that you're saved, I assume that most of you know the Lord. Could there be some in here that don't? Yes. But let me tell you something. The church was not made for the lost man. The church was made for the saint. For the perfecting of the saints. That's what the Bible says in Ephesians 4. For the perfecting of the saints. So that's the purpose of the church. That we would then what? Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. So, you know, I know you sought him when you first got saved. When's the last time you sought him? How often do you seek him? When you do your Bible reading in the morning, 
or whenever you do it, do you seek him? God, I'm looking for you. Show yourself to me in a way you've never shown me yourself to me before. God, I'm looking. You know, he knows your heart. He knows when you're reading out of obligation. I got two chapters to read and I'm done. And he, he also knows if you're on a treasure hunt. I'm looking for something, God, and I'm not putting it down till I find it. Yeah. They sought him and came unto him. And notice it says there also, and they stayed him that he should not depart from them. You think about that. It's one thing to have 30 minutes with Jesus every morning, whatever, but do you invite him to stay throughout the day? You know, it's one thing to, to come into church on Sundays and Wednesdays, but do you, did you ask him to stay on uh, Mondays and Tuesdays and Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays? Or is he only invited on Sundays and Wednesdays? Is he only invited when you do your devotions in the morning? Not only did they seek him, they stayed him. God, I don't want you to leave. I want your presence to be felt throughout the day. I want to feel your breath on the back of my neck. I want to be able to hear your heartbeat. Not only did they seek him, they stayed him. We're not going to let you leave. Jesus Christ does not mind you being that bold with him. Lord, you're not allowed to leave. He would love to fellowship with you all throughout the day. See, there's a difference, right? You come into church, you shake someone's hand, you're, you, know, you, you introduce yourself, you talk to people. So, but that's, that's not intense fellowship. You, someone invites you over for dinner, come out over to my house, they open their home to you, they feed you, and then you go in the living room, you sit down with a cup of coffee. Why does coffee always enter into my messages, honey? I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, and, and then... You have fellowship. It's, it's different than just a casual acquaintance. I preached a message years ago entitled, Casual Ties Produce Casualties. It's all spelled the same. Casual ties, T-I-E-S, produces casual T's. You know what Jesus Christ wants? He doesn't want a casual tie with you. He wants deep fellowship with you not only does he want you to seek him throughout the day but he wants you to stay him throughout the day don't leave me i want you to be involved in my decisions at work i want you to be involved in with my decisions with my spouse i want you to be involved with my decisions with my children i want you to be involved with my decisions with my parents I want, well, matter of fact, I think I just want you to be involved in all my decisions. My finances, my health, what I do in my spare time. After all, you are the master. After all, I belong to you. Not only did they seek him, they stayed him. And that's what I really want you to focus on is when you're getting in your Bible, and I'm sure you read your Bibles, or maybe some of you listen to your Bible. When it's all said and done and you pray, you just ask the Lord, would you stay with me throughout the day? I'm inviting you to stay. Now, you know the Lord wants to. You know that's his desire, but he wants it to be your desire. Lord, would you stay with me throughout the day? 
Help me in my decision-making. Help me with the things I do and the things I don't do. God, would you be my guide? Would you help me to discern good and evil? God, would you just stay with me throughout the day? He would love that. Don't you? Don't you? When, when somebody has you over to the house, oh, please don't go. Stay. I'm enjoying this conversation so much. Please don't go. Oh, oh, if you have to go, can we get together again real soon? Doesn't that make you feel good? Don't you think it would make him feel real good? They stayed him. Look at Luke chapter 5 now. Seeking not only includes preventing, but seeking also includes pressing. And it came to pass, verse 1, that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genezareth. They pressed upon him to hear the word of God. You know, that pressing, that effort was made. Again, as I said in Bible study, some people will accept any excuse to miss church. And some people will, you know, look for any reason to be in church. I mean, two different spirits there. But they pressed upon him to hear the word of God. That kind of reminds me of missionaries when I first got saved that would come to our church that were missionaries over in China, you know, different parts of the world that don't have it as well as we do here in America, where people were outside the windows, pressing up against the windows just so that they might be able to hear something that the man of God was saying. All people surrounding the entire building because there wasn't enough room to fit them inside. But it was so important that they pressed themselves up against the building just to see if they could hear what the man of God was saying. Do you press? Good question, right? Do I press? Or I'll read later. You know, I've got something else i got to do. I'll just read later. Does it become um, a priority? You know what I mean by a priority. Priority means everything else takes a back seat. Is the word of God still? It was a priority at one point when you received him as your savior. It was a priority. Is it still a priority? Do you press upon him to hear the word of God? Bible study. Do you come to Bible study? Why not? I say, I can be bold like this. I'm not your pastor. I'm leaving. You can be mad at me. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you can be mad at me. Why, aren't, why were you not in Bible study today? You, be, you, te- you tell the Lord. I wasn't in Bible study because I needed that one extra hour of sleep. Because I stayed up too late watching that movie. Yeah, that's why I wasn't in Bible study. See, I don't know who was here and who wasn't. All I know is there's more people in this room now than there was an hour ago. So I, I just know, I was kind of like a shotgun. It's hitting somebody. Why not be in Bible study? I told the people in Bible study, that's the appetizer. This is the main course. And they came, they got the appetizer. They got the chicken wings, the mozzarella sticks, the nachos. You getting hungry, huh? They came and got all that. Why don't you? Why don't you? Okay, all right. Whatever the reason, why don't you make a commitment today? God, I'm going to press harder to be in Bible study. I'm going to press harder. 
to be in church when the doors are open. I'm going to press harder to be here on Wednesday nights. I'm going to press harder. And I'm going to make a more concerted effort to ask you to stay in fellowship with me throughout the day. I don't want just a Sunday Jesus. He's not a good luck charm. He's not something you pull out of your pocket when you're having a bad day. He wants to be there on the good days and the bad days. Amen. I remember preaching a message here. You might remember it was entitled, It's Just Two. We always have a reason as to why we can't do this and why we can't do that. Now, listen. Unless Brother Adrian has changed things around here, you can sit anywhere you want. Right? (laughs) If I said to you, I've got tickets here to the Denver Broncos football game and you can sit anywhere you want. Where would you sit? 50-yard line, man. (laughs) Right in the middle. I'll get the best view possible. What's wrong with these? I I don't spit like Pastor Adrian does. (laughs) Amen. Hey. Free ticket. These seats are free. They don't cost any more than sitting way back there. And you know what I said? I was saying to I was preaching in Trinidad on Thursday night, and I said to the couple that was sitting right up front, I said, you know, praise the Lord, you're sitting right up front. Most people don't want to sit right up front. They said, I have to. I said, why is that? I said, I'm so easily distracted. Some person in front of me blows their nose. I've got to watch. You know. <laughs> So I have to sit in the very front row. Well, just think about it. Again, they pressed toward him. They urged him. They stayed him. Do a little pressing yourself. Get as close to him as you can. Take away as many distractions as you possibly can because you love his word so much. It's about time. Seeking includes preventing. Seeking includes pressing. Seeking also includes preparing. Look at verse 2. And saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. Folks, they were washing their nets so that their nets could fulfill their purpose. The salt water would rot those nets, causing them to separate and the fish could escape. Those nets needed to be washed so they could fulfill their purpose. So it is in the Christian life, Ephesians 5.26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. You know, and I know, hey, I'm just like you. I'm just like you. There are some Sundays that I don't spend enough time with God before coming to church. You remember Mark chapter 4 talks about the seeds and the soils. The thorny soil, the rocky soil, etc., etc. So some soil was more receptive to the seed than others. 
you have an obligation before you ever step foot in this place to prepare the soil for the seed. There's nothing wrong with the seed. The same seed goes out to each and every person and different results come. There's nothing wrong with the seed. The problem is the soil. Your job is to prepare the soil before you ever even come in here. That it's ready for the seed. Amen? The Bible also says in Mark 1, verse 19, that they were mending their nets. Not just washing them, but mending them. Because there were some areas that were torn. They needed to be tied together so fish wouldn't escape. Do you do mending before you come in here? I mean, folks, you have no idea what it's like to preach the Word of God. Because when you're preaching the Word of God to people, there's a little voice in the back of your head saying, yeah, what about you, big boy? Yeah, what about you, big boy? And I hear that throughout the whole message. That's good that you're telling them. How about yourself? And that's one of the hardest things about preaching is telling people. And the Bible doesn't say Preach the word that you have mastered. It says preach the word. And there's no pastor on earth that has mastered submission to the word of God. We're striving and trying just like you are. And yes, there are times that I need to mend my nets if I expect to get a catch. And there are, you know, if there are loose ends... In your net, if there's some tears, you know, don't go home today with that. Come to an old-fashioned altar and say, God, would you mend that for me? Would you sew that together for me, Lord? I know that you saved me to reproduce, to go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, to win people to Jesus Christ for the glory of God. I know that's why you saved me. But with holes in my net, I can't do that. Would you mend that for me today? so that I can do a better job of catching men. Amen? Seeking includes preparing, preparing that net, washing that net, mending that net. But it also says, look as there in verse 2, it says they were standing by the lake. Two ships standing by. You know what that means? They were ready whenever needed. That's Epaphroditus. (laughs) Ready when needed. You know, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 8.34, Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my door. Reporting for duty, sir. Just waiting. Waiting for a command from your master. Does God know that you're waiting to do something for him? But what is the very the beginning of that thing says, blessed is the man that heareth me. That's this right here. Through the preaching and teaching of God's word. Because that's how God's going to instruct you. You know, I used to think, oh boy, uh, you know, uh, the Bible says that thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, I want to find out if, I'm, if I'm, it's okay for me to move to Texas. So I'm like going to read the Bible and it's going to tell me, you know, yes, you can go to Texas. <laughs> my son proved that to me when I retired from the pastorate four years ago. And uh, 
and he took over the pastorate at the church. The church voted him in. And uh, at first he says, I don't know, Dad. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a young man. I've got a young family. I've got a very demanding job. I, I, I just don't know. So he says, but I will pray about it. So he got into the book, and he said that day, he said that day, I said, God, if you want me to take the pastorate, you're going to have to tell me. He started to read his Bible. He was in 1 Thessalonians, and it said, Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. And Epaphroditus' hand went up. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yes. Yes, that book will lead you, will guide you. It will. It'll help you avoid the pitfalls. It'll keep you in the straight and narrow. It'll help you discern good from evil. All the things to make your journey much more prosperous. Look what it says in verse 3 with me of our text. Luke chapter 5. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's. And prayed him he would thrust out a little from the land. I don't think God does anything by accident. I don't think he just entered into Simon's ship by accident. He entered into Simon's ship because it was Simon's time. And it was an appointment by God that this was a time for Simon. And God did test his desire. Again, you know, Simon, are you, are you going to allow me to do that which needs to be done through you, through your boat? And he says, just thrust out a little. And, you know, if you've never done anything for Jesus Christ yet, other than getting saved, he's not asking you to go out to the, you know, to the depths of, what is the ocean, 30,000 something feet deep. You know, it's like six miles deep in the deepest place. He's not asking you to go out there. He said, would you just thrust out a little? Would you just go a little? Because you know what? You're not going to thrust until you first trust. And when you're young in the Lord, you don't know. You don't know how heavily you can lean upon him. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Yes. He says just a little. Now, if you're here today and you say, I have thrust out for the Lord. I've done things for the Lord. Could you thrust out a little more? Remember like what we talked about with the weightlifting and Bible study? We put weight, more weight on to make you even a little stronger. Could you thrust out a little, just a little further? You know why people like the shallows? They can touch the bottom. The security is in themselves. Their security is in the fact that they can touch the bottom. I'm safe. I'm good. But take them to a place where they can't touch bottom, all of a sudden panic sets in. Do, 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 do. Some of the young kids don't know that sound. But for us old people, it's a sound we'll never forget. Oh, my. The Lord will never put more on you than you can bear, though. Remember that. Remember that. The Lord was a great example of going 
a little bit further. He always went a little bit further for us. Kind of like a young person with training wheels. Training wheels are put on a bike because we know if we take them off, you're going to fall. But after which time you learn your balance, we take the training wheels off and you're off to the races. Then you kill yourself. Amen? Um, you know, notice that the Lord never told the other ship to thrust out. He only told Simon's ship to thrust out. Don't be concerned with what God's doing in the person next to you, their life. Don't be concerned that God's asking you to do something and he's not asking the person next to you to do it. Today was Simon's day. You'll have your day. We'll all have our day. The Bible says afflictions are appointed unto us by the Lord. We all have appointments we need to keep. But they don't all fall on the same day. So don't get bitter saying, why is God putting this on me? He's not putting anything on them. God was trying to teach Simon this day. And God doesn't put anything on you that he's not trying to teach you something at the same time. And what does it say? In verse 3, he says, And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep. I like the fact that he taught the people out of the ship. Do you understand what was going on here? He was up against the lake. The people were pressing him. He had nowhere to go. The people were pressing on him and pressing on him. The only thing behind him was the lake. He saw two ships. I'm going to get in Simon's ship. There's another reason, though, he probably preached from the ship. You ever notice how sound carries on water? You could, somebody could be, could be across the lake and say something, and you can hear it as clear as day. Because the Lord wanted to always put himself in a place where the people could hear the word. And the, the people, the, it was immense. It was so large. And they just kept pushing back further and further and further. But he told Simon, launch out into the deep. This was Simon's day. This was Simon's day. And again, you and I will each have our day where God says, I want you to launch out. I want you to launch out into the deep a little further. Yeah, you've been sitting in the shallows for a long time. Uh, you've learned to trust me. Uh, but you remember the shallows. Uh, hey, Paul, go out into the deep. The water's much better. In the shallows, you got bloodsuckers, you got carp, you got crabs. You got all the, th that, that's gross stuff, man. Get out in the deep. You'll really enjoy the deep. But you're going to have to trust me. You're going to have to trust me. The Bible says, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. There are some things about God that you don't know that he would like you to know. But you have to go out into the deep to get it. You're going to have to stop trusting in your own ability, lean not unto your own understanding, and you're going to have to get out of the shallows and launch out into the deep. But that takes trust. I understand. The thing that scares most people, again, is because they can't touch the bottom. Fear of drowning, jellyfish, sharks. And again, I, you know, that, 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 that doo -doo 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 that Jaws sound? I, look, I, watched Jaws, I watched Jaws a couple months ago or something, and I go, oh, man, that thing's a joke. <laughs> that thing's a joke. 
I mean, it's so mechanical. But I didn't say that when I was 16. I didn't go in the water. I didn't go in the water. I'm not kidding you. I didn't go in the water. That thing scared the fire out of me. Yeah. But then the more mature we get in the Lord, things don't scare us like they should. We become educated, polished, suave. Yeah, so now I can watch movies that have cussing in them because everybody says it. And, you know, now I can you know, do a little bit of drinking because, you know, Timothy had some wine for his stomach's sake. And uh, we become so heavenly-minded that we're no earthly good. We just learn more and more Bible and more and more excuses and ways that we can Get around doing what God told us to do. So be careful, Christian. He wants you to launch out into the deep. I remember things that scare us. Things that scare us. (laughs) Some of you might have heard this before, but I remember back in uh, 1980s, I was working for a company in Rochester, New York. I was their vice president of sales and marketing. I was a a second largest shareholder in the corporation. And so I was definitely vested in that company. And um, I hired a Jewish man out of Los Angeles. And he flew out to Rochester for training. And I met him that morning after he flew in for breakfast. And at breakfast, he saw me bow my head and thank the Lord for my food. And he asked me what I was doing. And I said I was thanking the Lord for my food. So one thing led to another. He continued to talk about the Lord and, you know, my testimony and what does it mean to be a Christian. I mean, one thing just led to another, led to another, led to another. Well, about two weeks later, we get a uh, letter from his attorney, and he's suing me for religious persecution and harassment. Uh, trying to force him to become a Christian. And all this took place before work hours, by the way. I'm not going to steal from my employer. And um, so then the, my partner, the number one shareholder, he was the president in the company, he comes into my office and he says, Paul, uh, I don't want you sharing Jesus Christ anymore with any of the employees in this company. And I said, okay. Ernie, I need you to do a favor for me. He said, what's that? I said, prepare my exit letter. It's time for me to go. And little did I know that my mom, who was my secretary, was our secretary at that time. She was sitting outside the door, about five desks down, but she could hear the conversation. She heard me give up a vice presidency, give up, you know, control in the company and decide I'm making a move. That's when I moved to Tennessee. That's where God put me into the ministry. And five years later, my mom received Jesus Christ as her personal Lord and Savior. And she got down on the kitchen floor. 
I led her to the Lord. She got down on the kitchen floor and she said, Lord Jesus, if you save me today, I promise never to pray to Mary again. And I read my mom's journal. I had the privilege of preaching my mom and my dad's funerals in the Catholic Church. That was interesting. <laughs> and, uh, but I read my mom's journal, and Miss Jenny read it as well. Uh, you would have thought that she wrote that journal while leaning her head on the breast of Jesus Christ. She was that close to him. I've not been that close to him. I've not felt that close to him as what I heard come out of the mouth of my mother. And I just wonder, would any of that have ever taken place had I not taken a stand that day for Jesus Christ and said, I don't need your job. I need my Savior. Yes, God's going to ask you to do some difficult things. But he'll never ask you to do it without rewarding you for it. Yeah, I remember when uh, my first wife, who died of breast cancer, she encouraged me to take the young marrieds class at the church. And I said, I can't do that. I can't do that. Okay. I did. Uh, I remember my wife. Jenny, um, you know, she was asked to speak at a ladies' conference. She was asked to go back. She used to be a Southern Baptist. Forgive her for that. And uh, <laughs> she was asked, she was asked to go back to the where her friend, her best friend from her church, was now going to church down in Augusta, Georgia, and must have been two thousand people in that church. And she was asked to, to teach to the ladies a lesson to the ladies, and she says, I can't do that. Guess what? She got through it. Guess what? I got through the young marrieds. Guess what? God asked me to then launch out a little further. Would you go a little further? Could you start a church for me? Then four years ago, he said, hey, could you go a little further? Now I want you to become an evangelist. And your son's going to be the pastor. Can you go a little further for me? And you know what he's going to ask me today? Can you go a little further for me? Can you go a little further for him? Can you launch out? What's the very next thing he says there in verse 4? And let down your nets for a draught. Let down your nets. You know, there's a lot of people holding on to their nets. Right here. <laughs> this is what catches men. This is what catches women. Right here. Here's your net. We're holding on to it, and we're not letting it down for a draught. We're not sharing the gospel. We're not inviting people to Christ. Let down your nets. You know, the Bible talks about having a form of godliness. I mean, don't, don't you think I look like a Christian? I've got a tie, nice shoes, I'm dressed up, I've got a Bible in my hand. Come on. I said Jesus like 30 times. I've got the form, but denying the power thereof. What good is this in my hand if it's not coming out of my mouth? We need to let down our nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, 
we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And you know how many times you and I have been asked to do that very same thing? I don't see the logic in it. I don't see how it could possibly work. But that's what you're asking me to do, that's what I'll do. How many times has the word of God shown you that it was real, that it was true, that it works? And yet yet we say, I don't know. I mean, I could have easily said that about that position. I said, you want me to give up a position where I was making six figures back in the 1980s? You want me to just walk away from it? And then, and then, and then what? And then what? He said, yeah, that's what I'm asking you to do. Let down your net. So I had a guy working for me there. His name was Frank DeLucio. Good Irish boy. And, uh, <laughs> and I had been witnessing to Frank. And witnessing and witnessing and witnessing. And just, just couldn't get it. Couldn't break through. One day, I get a phone call. He goes, hey, Paul. I go, yeah, yeah, Frank, what's up? He goes, I let down my net. I go, what? <laughs> what? He goes, yeah, I figured out why I couldn't get saved all this time. I've been holding on to the net and I wouldn't let it down. And when I let it down, I caught what God intended me to catch. I got salvation. Last year, I got a phone call. That was back in the 80s. Last year, I got a phone call. It was Frank DeLucio. He's saying, Paul, Brother Paul, he's now in the ministry. He says, uh, I just wanted you to know that after 25 years of fighting and, and striving and praying and witnessing to my Italian mother, Catholic mother, she finally got saved. Amen. And she said, he said, I just want to say thank you. Because had you not cast the net on me, I never would have cast the net to my mother. And today, she's dead. She just died. And I know I'm going to see her again. I know where she'll be. Because I let down my net for a draught. And I just wonder how many of us are holding on to our nets when there are loved ones, dear loved ones in our lives that are going to die and go to hell unless we let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, and they began to sink. You know what God's trying to tell you there? You cannot contain all the blessings I have in store for you. I don't care if your nets are washed. I don't care if your nets are mended. You cannot contain all the net, all the blessings that I have for you. It says, and they filled both the ships. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And so it was also. For he was astonished, and all them, all that were with him, at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, 
from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Notice he's still, he's still addressing Simon. Even though James and John are there, he's still addressing Simon. This was Simon's day. This was Simon's lesson. But don't think for a minute that there's not people watching you go through your lessons. And you can encourage them or discourage them by the way you go through yours. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Christian, do you still press to hear the word of God? Do you still ask him to stay, to have that fellowship with you during the course of the day? Are you still in the shallows when you should be out into the deep? Are you still trusting in your own power rather than his? Has he asked you to launch out into the deep and you keep saying, mm, I don't think I'm ready for that? You know, people oftentimes <laughs> joke about Peter. Peter did this and Peter did that. I just remember there was one guy that got out of the boat. The other 11 sat in there saying, you idiot. He said, Lord, bid me to come. Come. You know what he's saying to you and me today? Come on. Out into the deep. Trust me a little more. Trust me a little more. It's time to let down the nets. The time is quickly approaching. We know the Lord's coming back soon. There are some loved ones. There are some neighbors. There are some co-workers in your lives that need to get caught in the net. Get them washed. Get them mended. Launch out into the deep and get the catch that the Lord would have you to get. Let's all bow our heads if we would. The altar's open. If you just want to spend a few minutes with the Lord, the Lord, what would you have me to do? My arms are in the air. I want to be an Epaphroditus. Lord, what would you have me to do? How far would you have me to go? Where do you want me to launch? How deep do you want me to go, Lord? I'm here. Lord, I'm here. Use me, Lord. Send me, Lord. If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ, you've got to get in the ship. That's step number one, getting in the ship. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you come. Somebody here. If not somebody from this church, I will personally show you in the scriptures how you can be saved. I know mainly we're Christians here today. In, in your heart, raise that hand and say, here am I. I'm an Epaphroditus. Use me. Send me. Launch me. I promise I'll thrust out a little further. I promise I'll launch out a little further. And I promise I'm going to let down my nets for a draught.
You have a mom that's going to go to hell or a dad, cousins, aunts and uncles, grandparents, friends, co-workers, going to die and go to hell and burn. That's right, and burn forever. We need to let down our nets. Amen. What a blessing. Thank you, brother. Um, before you leave, could you see brother Craig? He's got something for you. All right. So uh, we're going to go ahead and be dismissed. Um, what a blessing. Thank you. That was. Whew. And hey, amen. It's only noon. That's awesome. Um, we got plenty of time. Who's hungry? <laughs> Uh, let's go ahead and be dismissed in a word of prayer. Uh, Brother Sean uh, Bowie, could you do that for us, please? And uh, just remember, before you pray, 